This is the commercial property show, Australia, show number 36. A lot of these tools that we're talking about, you don't just want to use one. You want to use a melody of all of them to get a really good idea of what's actually happening in a market. Hey, what is going on, everyone? Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Andrew Bean. And in today's show, Steve Polisi joins me again on the show, and we share our favorite property apps, tools, websites, and pretty much everything we use on a day-to-day basis. And we do have a free giveaway lined up, so listen out for that. And hopefully you guys can start using these tools to get an advantage on the competition and secure more deals. One last thing to listen out for is a new segment. I've been saving this one for a little while and it's gonna be awesome. Investing in commercial property is a lot like a team sport. You need a lot of good players around you to complete a property transaction. No one can do it alone. If you're like me and want to surround yourself with like-minded people who have similar property goals, people who motivate you and push you to achieve more, then come and join the commercial property community today. You can find our private group on Facebook by searching Commercial Property Show Community or you can click on the link in the show notes. Our expert guests are just waiting to answer your questions in the forum and together we can help each other reach the ultimate goal of financial freedom. My next guest is buyer's agent Steve Polisi. How are you, mate? Not too bad, Andrew. Good to speak with you again. You too, mate. So, buddy, today we are going to be sharing some of our favorite property websites and tools and apps that we use regularly. And these systems and tools are something that the listener can take away and start using in their journey and hopefully help them get some more deals. Yeah, there's so much stuff out there now, and, and most of it's free, which is even better. So you can dig as deep as you want now when you're doing due diligence. Yeah, that's right, mate. What's the first one you have on your list? The number one for me, and I know you just said that how they're free, is CoreLogic. <laughs> so that's generally about 190 bucks a month, which a lot of, a lot of buyers are going to say, oh, that's quite a lot of money. But if you're going to buy a deal in, say, the next 12-month period, it's actually not a lot of money in the grand scheme of things, and it's probably going to help you get money off the price when you're negotiating as well. So CoreLogic's the main one for me. So I'll mainly use that, obviously, for comparable sales. That's an important one when you're obviously negotiating. But then you can also see things like how long it's been on the market for, and then when it was rented as well. So what, what their leasing campaigns were, how long they were advertising it for. So there's quite a lot of crucial information there. It's got purchase price, sold prices, who owns it, how long they've been on market. So that's the big one for me when I'm doing due diligence. Yeah, I've actually never used CoreLogic myself, but I've heard it's very, very good. And, you know, it is worth shelling out the $190 per month. So, mate, the next one I have on my list is very similar to CoreLogic. I've used it from the very start, and that's PriceFinder. I think it does something very similar to CoreLogic, maybe just looks a little bit different. But it's everything you need to be able to look at deals 
as you said, when it was listed, how long it's been listed for, days on market, when it was rented, things that are for sale. Like it's a whole complete tool. And, and a lot of these functions, you can actually find all this information on a free website. But having it you know, all in one place shortens the period of time. It makes you come back to how much is my time actually worth? So it's a really good tool. I definitely recommend Price Finder. It's, it's about 150 a month, I think, full price. But you can find some special deals. I think I pay 110 a month yep. for that one. So definitely worthwhile. So what's the next one on your list, mate? So the other one I generally look at is census data. So that's where you get all the data, the areas you're buying in, what the population growth is, demographics, general ages and things like that. And that one is actually quite important with commercial property. One of the reasons is sometimes banks won't actually lend to areas that have less than 15 or 20,000 people. So you've got to check that. But you also give you a good gauge of what's happening on in the area. So how well it's growing. Is it a young population, old population? It'll give you an idea of types of tenants. So it's a really good overview of the general market in the area that you're buying. Yeah, and actually, interesting fact, we're, we're actually doing another census. We're sitting down and doing that on the 10th of August this year. So it'll be interesting to grab that data and start using that going forward because we've been using data from, what, 2016 um, for yeah, quite a long exactly. time. Yeah, exactly right. And that, that's going to be completely different now with general household incomes and things like that. And it's a, probably a good time to do it because with COVID, it'll give you some real stats about how people's incomes have changed as well. Yeah, and working from home, I'm really interested to see that stat and how much that has increased uh, percentage-wise per I, location. I think we're going to be shocked. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking like 70 80% of people working from home. Yeah, maybe. I mean, last time when they did it, Byron Bay actually had the highest percentage of working from home. It was like by double by, than everywhere else in, in Australia. And it'll be interesting to see what it rolls out to be next time. Yeah, that generally is because of the market there and it's quite expensive to get up there. I think a lot of people, a lot of successful business owners and workers actually just moved up there to work from home and have yeah. the lifestyle. But it's going to be interesting. Now, I'd be interested to see different parts of capital cities. So like different demographics and locations in, say, Sydney or Melbourne, what are they working from home? And then comparing that with regional should be really interesting. Yeah, definitely, mate. So the next one, this is an app that I use every single day. It's not specifically a property app, but it has improved my knowledge and skills and just totally changed the way I think and totally changed basically who I am in the last five years. And that's Audible. Like, I cannot stress how good this app is. If You need to make sure you're listening to really good education each day. How do you feel about Audible, mate? Yeah, we've spoken about this previously. Love those kind of those apps and those listening things. I like them. I went through a big phase when I was in my accumulation stage in my portfolio, listening and re reading everything. <laughs> Admittedly, now I'm just too busy to do it. So I normally get it when I'm driving or commuting. But now my, my phone goes nuts. So I only end up getting little five-minute segments. But I, I need to get back into it because, yeah, the education is obviously important. Yeah, definitely, mate. So what's the next one you got, mate? Depreciation sites. So that when you're looking for a gauge of, say, how much depreciation you might get, that's quite important when you're buying a commercial property because generally depreciation's higher on commercial properties than residential because just construction costs a lot higher. Concrete is a lot more than a timber frame, for instance. So BMT is a good one. They've got an online little calculator that gives you an estimation. Obviously, if you want an accurate one, I would be calling a depreciation expert. So there's companies like Duotax, Washington Brown, Depreciator, things like that. So if I get to the pointy end of negotiations or I'm under contract on a property, I'll generally speak with an appreciation expert because you need to be able to look at what your end of year cash flow is going to be as well. And some people will argue, oh, it's cream on top. 
but it's not. Your property actually is devaluing. So whether or not people like it or not, they'll say it's, oh, I get an extra 10 grand a year back on tax. That's because in 10 years time, your property is going to be worth 100,000 or so less in terms of the actual materials. So it's you need to account for that and actually budget for the renovations you might have to do in the future. Yeah, definitely, man. And BMT have a few uh, different calculators on there. They have estimators for developing as well. It's actually quite a really, really good website, that BMT tax depreciation website. Yeah, I love it. So mate, my next one is called Six Maps. And I think you can have it for New South Wales and Queensland and possibly Victoria. It's similar to Google Maps, but you can zoom in probably twice as far. It's really, really extensive to what you can actually see when you're looking at a property. Have you ever used Six Maps? No, I've heard people talk about it. I've never actually used it. So what's what's the benefit Six Maps over Google Maps? Like when you say you can zoom in more, what information are you finding that you can't get on Google Maps? Well, you can see the building structure a lot clearer. Like you just can zoom in a lot further. Google Maps is good, but it's it's usually outdated where Six Maps is usually pretty much up to date. Yeah, I find that with my Google Maps. Like if I'm buying like something that's been freshly developed, like say a new industrial warehouse in Perth, for instance, you go on Google Maps and sometimes it's 2019. It's a patch of dirt sitting there. Yeah. So so there's no real benefit there. But I, I use Google Maps every day for hours. Um, so like... Google Street View is obviously important if you're doing something like a retail. You want to get a feeling for road traffic, how things are moving, and then you'll do the overall view. So you always want to check like arterial roads, where is kind of the flow of the city going. But yeah, I'm constantly on that because every time you find a property and it's in a location you're not familiar with, that's my first kind of go to have a look, get a feel for the area. Is this big city, small city, regional? Where are we in terms of the main streets and things like that? Yeah, you have to be doing that as part of your game and your, your due diligence, just walking around, making sure you understand the area. Property 101, you have to be doing that. Yeah, exactly right. But with residential, it's a lot simpler because residential, as long as you're not on a main road, yeah, you have a quick Google Street View, that's not as critical. But buying something like a retail or industrial, the, the flow in for traffic is really important. Sometimes being on a main road is actually a good thing with commercial property. Yeah, well, a lot of the time it is, Yeah. <laughs> So, mate, the next one I've got is uh, the New South Wales planning portal. And I'm sure that in different states they have different planning portals. But I have spoken to planners in different states and they do say that New South Wales has one of the best planning portals and best kind of information sites out there. This is something that I like the planning. I like finding little, uh, you know, differences, the zones and stuff, because each separate zone is different for every single council in New South Wales, specifically New South Wales. It makes it really easy to find out what can I use the property for. So say I have a property and it's zone, say, B4. Well, I need to go in there and see how could I change that property? How can I give myself an advantage to change the use of that property? Or how could I find out exactly what's available to be used in that property? Say I'm looking at a storage facility. If I find that my self-storage facility that I'm looking at is grandfathered in there and you can't build any more around it, well, that could be a pretty good investment because no one else can come and oversupply that market. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know New South Wales almost better than anyone, especially with storage and things like that. And then that's a point for the list as well is choose a region and become an expert. Like I've got so many of my clients that they look in every single state about zoning and this and that. And then you're asking me like, oh, have you done any developments or anything with the zoning? They're like, no. Nah. And I'm just like, what? So you spent years analyzing zones for, for no real benefit. It's You've been much better to focus on an area than actually do something, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I totally agree there, mate. So what's the next one you've got there, buddy? 
So, so flowing on from the, the planning portal is obviously the council websites. So most council websites have kind of maps that you can use. So one of the critical ones is obviously flood. So flood, fire, um, risk, things like that. You can go on most local area council websites will have like an interactive map as well. So you can actually see where the floods are, but then you can do all the zoning as well. So it'll actually give you different zoning for different areas. You can even look at like where easements and things are. I'll use that quite a lot. Then the websites will also have uh, PD online, which is basically checking out what development applications have been on your property that you're inquiring about. So I'll use them quite regularly as well. That'd probably be my second or third website that I go to when I look at a property. Definitely important in Queensland too. You need to be knowing what's uh, going on the flood maps there. It's, it's actually everywhere. You'd be surprised. People, people talk about Queensland having really bad floods. Go have a look at the flood maps in Sydney. A lot of the CBDs flood zone, which people mm. don't even realise. Northern beaches as well. So yes, there's a much bigger portion of floods in areas like Queensland and Townsville and things like that. But check it no matter where you're buying because you'd actually be surprised what you find. Yeah, it's good advice. I actually saw that in Newcastle. That parts of Newcastle actually flood when I was really doing some deep research into Newcastle. Uh, luckily, the property that I was looking at wasn't flooding. But yeah, you just got to be careful, don't you? Yeah, I lived on the northern beaches of Sydney for about five years and you'd be surprised how much of that actually floods. Mm. <laughs> All right, mate. So the next one I've got is actually a free website. If you don't want to use CoreLogic, this is probably the next best thing you can use. And this is more like for your residential kind of stuff. I think you can actually find commercial properties on it as well. And yep. this is a website, propertyvalue.com.au. It's by CoreLogic and it's totally free. Yep. It doesn't tell you everything, but it just gives you the basics. So it's a good one for the listeners to check out. Have you ever looked at it? I've generally go to like a core logic, for instance. Yeah. So would you find you'd use that? Say you find a deal, would that be one of the kind of go-to websites at the start just to get an overview or what, well, would, you, what would your first step be? It's probably one that I would use if I didn't have PriceFinder. My go-to is always PriceFinder. Yep. yep. That'll be the first thing because I want to look at a deal. I want to know how long they've owned it, how long, what they paid for it, how long it's been on the market for. Like, and this website doesn't give you that. This is more values. So this is probably not one that I would use regularly, but I used to. Yep. Okay. No, that's a good one. I hope you're enjoying the show. We will be back after this short break. At Developer Life, we get it. You own a commercial property and want to add value to it, but you're not sure how or you just don't have time. Well, it has now never been easier for the novice investor to get professional results with our strategic value add strategy plan. We identify exactly how to add value to your property and deliver a step-by-step strategy plan to our clients. And if you're a passive investor looking for a total hands-off approach, we can even manage it for you with our project management service. So contact us today at www.developalife.com.au to secure your free 30-minute consultation today. That's www.developalife.com.au. We want to help you maximize the value of your commercial property. What's your next one? Uh, this one's a little bit of an obscure one. So I used to get into this one with residential. So it's called walk score. So basically when you look at a residential property, 
it'll give you a score out of 100 of how easy it is to get around that suburb. So if you look at a house, it'll basically look at all the amenities nearby, where the train stations are, bus stops, shops, and give it a score for, is this in a good location in terms of livability and travel? So what I can actually do, if I'm buying, say, a commercial property and there's some residential nearby, I'll actually look at the residential's walk score because it's a nice little indicator to say, is this a little buzzing hub of a spot to be in and how well is it kind of easy to get around? That can be a good indicator for growth as well. And we saw that in Sydney, Melbourne, some areas that had really good walk scores like Blacktown, for instance, in Sydney, really good walk scores, then took off and had one of the highest kind of capital growth for residential. So nice little obscure way of kind of looking at what the resi market's doing there as well. Yeah, I actually heard uh, someone told me, I can't remember who it was, that the banks were checking out walk score these days as well. Yeah, but you'd be surprised what the banks do. Like they've got basically robots sitting there checking everything now. It's a different game to what it was 10 years ago where you could just go talk to your bank manager and say, oh, it's worth this. And they've got a 15% buffer. They can just kind of make up a price and, and give you some equity and walk away. Yeah. Man, so the next one I like to use is it's an app. It's the Mortgage Home Loan Calculator app. And I use that to figure out the stamp duty on the property straight away for, and you can do yep. it for different states because yep. different states have different percentages of stamp duty. And I need this for when I'm actually filling in my cash flow calculator, my spreadsheet. Yep. Um, and I believe that might be the next one on your list. Yeah. So I generally just use, I do 3.4, 3.5%. And that, that's a little bit on the high side. And the main reason for that is it's a very minor detail for me in the grand scheme of things. I'd rather quote high if, if I'm not buying a deal because I get my stamp duty wrong by a couple thousand dollars, probably commercial investing is not right for me. So I used to use all them, but now I just kind of put it into my cash flow spreadsheet. So yep. my cash flow spreadsheet is effectively that. It's looking at before tax, after tax, what I think my cash flow is going to be. But I also stress test it. So I'll always put in different interest rates. I'll go anywhere from 2.4% up to about 7% and look at how that's going to affect my cash flow. And then I'll do some risk mitigations as well. So as I mentioned before, depreciation, you get that back. But then I'll also look at, cool, what if I have to renovate or do this? So I'll actually put some cash in there. So if I think if I buy a retail block and I think I might have to spend 60 grand in five years time, I'll then put that into account and amortize that over the kind of five, 10 years or whatever period I want to work with. And then vacancy as well. Then I've got a little spreadsheet where effectively look at different vacancy rates and say, can I handle this? And everyone's risk profile is different. So you're going to change it depending on what your risk profile is. My general rule of vacancy is because I, I generally buy the low risk stuff myself because I'm quite risk adverse, is every time I've got one of my properties coming within six to 12 months worth of the, worth their lease ending, I'll have 12 months worth of outgoings and interest repayments sitting in one of my accounts as a buffer in case they do leave. And then another way to risk mitigate that again is I'll never have my commercial properties having the lease end at the same time. So if you've mm. got 10 commercial properties, I'll try to spread the leases out. So I might have one that ends in 2022, 23, 25, 27. So that way I actually need one set of buffers. I don't have to have three or four buffers in the one year. So that, that's just a personal thing, not financial advice, but that's just generally just what I do. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, mate. So what other spreadsheets do you use? So I, I love my spreadsheets. It's what I spend most of my time doing. The big one I kind of do with myself and my clients is the property planning one. That can be quite difficult, but I use it to show just generally what's achievable long term. So if I buy, say, one property now with the cash flow plus my savings, plus, say, some capital growth, let's just say it's on 2 or 3% capital growth, 
I can then forecast when I'm going to be able to afford my next property. If I get more capital growth, beauty, we get there quicker. If we get less and the market stays flat, we get there a little bit slower. But it generally just gives you a good indication of, cool, if I buy one property now, I can then get it to another property in two and a half years' time. If I buy that property in two and a half years' time, how long with both those properties working together can I get into the next property? And then you generally see what's achievable and it's quite good for clients that have a certain goal. So if they say, I want a $200,000 passive income in 10 years, I can effectively, from their borrowing capacity now, work out, can we get there with a nice steady kind of rate? So if we're just using cash flow, savings, plus the depreciation versus plus a little bit of capital growth, will we actually end up getting there? If that's comfortable, great. If we're not getting there, then we have to do something more creative. They have to take on some more risk or do a development or some form of value add. So it's just a, it's not a locked in kind of proof. I get a lot of people that say, oh, write me a property plan so I can have a 200 grand passive income. That doesn't mean you're going to have a 200 grand passive income. It just shows this is the level you need to be at to have a $200,000 passive income. And that is shows if it's realistic or not. Yeah, it's like you have to set the destination first and yep. see where you actually want to go and then work backwards from that. But yep. on the journey, you can always deviate and make small adjustments to still get to that goal. Yeah, exactly. Like a simple one I had last week was a client, they just mum and dad client, they wanted a 50 grand passive income and they had about a $500,000 borrowing capacity for their commercial. And I went, cool, that's about a $25,000 a year passive income. So 50 grand, they want to do it over the next five to 10 years. We actually only have to buy the one property. I worked out yeah. that just with small capital growth and the cash flow and paying it down, we'd actually get bloody close to it just from doing nothing. So we're actually only going to buy the one property, whereas some clients might like two or three. They're just going to buy the one, set and forget it and let it do its thing because that's their risk profile. So that brings me to the next spreadsheet. So similar to the property planning one is my pay down spreadsheet. So we've spoken about this in the past, Andrew, that if you buy a commercial property, generally on a 6 to 7% net yield and you have 3 to 4% interest rate, the cash flow will pay itself off in less than 10 years as well. So something like that, if you're just buying the one, you pay it down. You also use this for exit strategy. So depending on that property plan that we make, is when we're going to pay it down. Like a lot of the conversation I have, people always ask me, oh, should I pay down my commercial property? Well, it depends. If it's your last property, yes. But if you're going to buy another one in a year or two, what's the point of paying it down to then pull out the equity and have all the trust in the banks that are going to give you the money? So you're better off leaving an offset account, for instance. So basically your strategy is going to play out how you're going to pay down or if you're going to pay down. But yeah, they're the two big ones that I'll generally like to use. Do you think we might be able to make one of those spreadsheets available for the listeners? Yeah, that's fine. I, I can give you both of them if you want, but we'll, we'll do the pay down spreadsheet first. And then if you want the property planning one, it's a bit more involved. So maybe reach out to me or you and we can kind of sort something out. No worries. I'll set up a way for the listeners to get that. All right. Steve was nice enough to make both of those spreadsheets available for us. So if you'd like to get your hands on both of those spreadsheets, the cash flow calculator and pay down spreadsheet, send me a text with your name and email address and ask for the free spreadsheet giveaway. That's 0410-694-633. Send me a text and I will email them directly to you. So mate, the next one I really like, and I'm sure you use it as well. I'm sure it's very, very well known. But when I started using this, it changed the whole game of, you know, being able to sort out all my documents, my spreadsheets, and, and just keeping track of exactly what I'm doing and where. And that's Google Drive. If yep. you're not using Google Drive yet, you need to be using it. 
It just makes it so easy when you're just moving around, going from computer to computer, just being able to use a web-based storage system basically on the run. I'm sure you use Google Drive, don't you? Yeah, I do everything online now. Nothing's left on my desktop and it's good for collaboration as well. So if you're working with someone, you can just basically send them a link and say, here's all your files. I need it when I'm doing like my due diligence reports for my clients because sometimes I literally have hundreds of megabytes worth of documents. Like sometimes there'll be 30, 40 documents for a commercial property. So I can send them the link and say, here's my report, here's all the files. And then it's there forever as well. Yeah, that linking is really, really cool. And also being able to have a Google Sheet that, say, you or I can both work on in real time and it updates yep. in real time, it just changes the game. You know, it's yep. just so much easier. Yeah, I was like you. I would never used to use that stuff. Everything used to live on my desktop. And then as soon as you use it, you're like, this is this is easy. Like, this is actually, yeah. it's actually better, better than working off the desktop. All right, mate. So do you have any other notable property tools that you want to uh, speak about? Oh, yeah, here's one. So dial before you dig. That's quite an important one. If you're thinking about doing potentially like a value add down the track, so probably not as important if you're just buying a body corporate warehouse or something like that. But if you're buying like a freestanding building, dial before you dig effectively just tells you where all the pipes are, electrical services and things like that. And that can actually be quite an expense if you're doing, say, a subdivision or a development or you're going to add an extra premise on the land and things like that. So knowing exactly where all the pipes and electrical services are is quite important. Yeah, definitely if you're doing a development. And this is a free service too, Dial Before You Dig. You'll punch in the address and then you'll get emails sent to you from the water, electricity and all these different services and they'll just pepper you with with emails, probably about eight emails from different services, giving you total view of what's there under the ground. It's really, really good for a development. You have to be using it. Even just as part as you do diligence as well, like I do it just because I'm pedantic and anal. Every one in a hundred, something will pop up on a property you didn't expect. And it's been enough to crush some deals in the past for me. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. So the next one that I use every single day is called Podio. Basically, it's a project management tool, but it's totally like open source, can be customized to anything you want. You can use it as a CRM for all your leads. You can create all types of automations like drip feed automations to email, text, follow-ups. It's just a really, really extensive tool. It does take a little bit of a learning curve to figure out how to use it because it's not 100% user-friendly. You can get free apps from the app marketplace. Like People will create an app in Podio and say it's for all different industries. So you could do one for a real estate business. You could just search for it. And there's already a pack of all these different apps that will help you run your real estate business. It's really, really like an extensive tool and it, you could definitely run a huge business from it and people do. Yeah. So it's, it's near and dear to my heart because it's the one that I use for everything. I mean, you should check it out. It's called Podio. Yeah, you use it a lot for tracking your properties, don't you? So the ones yeah. you put inquiries on and things like that and then you've basically got a history of it. Yeah, so like every single self-storage facility that I'm searching for now, uh, all my leads go in there. And then I have a follow-up system to be able to make sure I'm speaking to them and getting in front of that owner frequently. So when they do want to sell, I'm the first person they call. Basically, I built it out to exactly what I want it to be. It can be as simple or it can be as elaborate as you want it to be. Yep, no, that's exactly right. So no, I found that when I went, when I started my business, what CRM app to use was was overwhelming. There's literally hundreds of them as well. So it's good that Podio is a good one that you keep using. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So what have you got next, mate? 
All right, so the obvious one is obviously real commercial and any of the kind of real estate websites where you actually find the property. So I'm sure anyone listening to the show has been on realcommercial.com. That's obviously a daily for me. One point to advice is in this hot market, a lot of the deals actually on there aren't active deals. The agents are leaving deals on there to basically get you on their mailing list, which I actually suggest anyway. Like I have a, a separate email to my work one that I'm on all the mailing list just to see what properties are coming up. But in this hot market, if I'm honest, you need to be contacting agents and see what they've got coming up as opposed to what they're already advertising because you, you won't secure a deal otherwise. <laughs> I didn't realize that you do that too. Like you have a junk email that you yeah. have on everything yeah. and then you have your business email that you really keep a tight grip on. You're like, oh, I don't want these stupid bloody you know, marketing crap coming in because it's just overwhelming sometimes. Uh, like I've purchased over 500 residential properties in the past and residential agents are fiends for it. They add you to every mailing list and things like that. You just, I've literally got a Gmail account with like thousands of unread emails. But yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just, just to keep it clean and tidy. So another uh, good free website that I've, I've used in the past, mate, is called yourinvestmentpropertymag.com.au and then forward slash top dash suburbs. And this one, you can get some good demographics and market trends, but you do have to be careful because sometimes they use data that's a little bit stale. So if you don't feel comfortable using the, the Bureau of Statistics website, then this might be a good one. And you can nail down to basically suburb on this one and you can see all your demographics and stuff. So it's a lot of these tools that we're talking about, you don't just want to use one. You want to yeah. use you know, a melody of all of them to get a really good idea of what's actually happening in a market. Yeah, there's so many of those kind of websites that a lot of people just don't even think to look at. So like one of the ones I obviously check it, I mentioned residential before. I check actually residential vacancy rates when I'm looking at commercial properties in that region yep. because if vacancy rates are really high, they're not going to build any more houses. So they're not going to build any more residential. And so if you're buying like an industrial warehouse, you actually want infrastructure going in because that's what basically gives you tenants. Businesses give you tenants. So if you're buying in a bit of a stale residential suburb, your commercial might not perform well long-term either. They almost go hand in hand. You want to be buying a property, a commercial property, in a good residential market. Yeah. One of the other websites that I do check quite frequently is the infrastructure website for New South Wales government. And yep. there's also a lot of different uh, infrastructure websites for different states. And another one that I like to check out occasionally is the Australian Chamber of Commerce website, just to kind of get a bit of a broad information of what's happening in Australia. Like just, yeah. you want to just keep your finger on the pulse. Yeah, know. even just Googling the, the regions you're buying as well. So a lot of the council websites as well will have what's going on in that region. Like I literally will just Google like news articles to find out what's going on and things like that because some, sometimes something pops up and it might be a bit of a game changer. The property might not look that attractive now, but if something's locked in and they're building like a big medical precinct or something like that and you can buy a freestanding building right next door, that could be something you could convert to medical in the future and things like that. So, yeah, you'd be surprised what you find if you just Google for a few hours. This is a thought that I've had for quite a while is that to be a good commercial property investor, you have to be almost extremely good at investigating. Just yep. basically putting different things together, finding different sources, ringing up, calling people. Like You just have to be really, really good at building a good picture of what's happening around that property. Yeah, exactly right. You just want to tick as many of the boxes as you can. I always tell my clients this, you'll never find a perfect commercial property. People always think, oh, I'm going to find the unicorn, brand new, fresh lease, freestanding building, good area, good infrastructure, blah, 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 under market value. 
they're, they're unicorns for a reason. They don't pop up. You, you need to fabricate that somehow and you do that through research. Yeah, definitely, mate. And one of the things that is missing from this list is there's not many commercial property like specific apps or, or websites. It's a, it's a yep. little bit of a shame. Like we need a lot more commercial stuff on this list, don't we? Yeah, there's a gap in the market for some type of data site where you can have all the commercial data there in one place. But the problem is it's an unregulated space. And we've spoken about this in the past together, Andrew. It's so hard to actually get reliable data. And that's actually what the art of investing with commercial is, is actually digging out and finding that data. So it'll come. It's just, it's going to be quite hard for someone to collate. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, hopefully we can sort that out in future, mate. Yeah, sounds good, mate. Bring something to market. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, uh, anything else you'd like to add? If any of any listeners want to buy one of my books, just use the code word 50 on my website. You get 50% off. Yeah, reach out if you've got any questions about the market, any of the stuff we've spoken about today, and we can go from there. No worries, mate. So just uh, so the listeners know, where can they find out more about you? So you can stalk my LinkedIn, just type in Steve Polisi, or my website's www.polisiproperty.com. Awesome, mate. Today's guest has been Steve Polisi. Cheers, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. That's right, in this segment, I'm going to share the property data that I collect each month. I'm going to choose one location, good or bad, to give you guys a true reflection of what the numbers are saying about that location. All right, the very first data don't lie location is Coffs Harbour. Now, this is a market I've been tracking since October last year, and I'll start with the retail sector. The retail sector has really come a long way since last October. Every single month, it's showing signs of improvement. When I first started tracking it, there was 112 vacant spaces for lease, and now that's basically halved at 68. The vacancy rate has gone down considerably each month, and the stock on hand is actually pretty low as well. So it's definitely showing great signs of improvement for the retail sector. We'll move on to Office, and Office has also done really well in reducing its vacancy rate. In October last year, there was 157 spaces for lease, and now there's only 99. And there have been six properties sold in that period of time. So October to now, there's only been six properties sold in that market. So it's not really moving that well in terms of properties being transacted. All right, moving on to industrial. Now, this market is an extremely hot market for industrial. It's very, very tight market. There's barely any stock on hand. And it has one of the tightest vacancy rates in the country. Since last October, there's been 19 properties transacted and 39 leases written. So very, very tight industrial market. I wouldn't be surprised if the cap rates are tightening there and that should see an increase in the values. Now, another thing I've been tracking is jobs in the market, employment opportunities, because jobs drive markets. So November last year, when I started tracking jobs in this location, there was 299 jobs listed. And now that is at 422 jobs listed. So that's a good 123 extra jobs in that marketplace that are now available. And 60 of those 
are actually high paying jobs, so above 100K. So it's a really good marketplace at the moment. The population there is around 80,000 and it's this week's Data Don't Lie location. All right, thank you to my guest, Steve Polisi. Cheers for the interview, mate. Thank you, Kevin McLeod, for the music. And remember, in the words of Grant Cardone, success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. I'm Andrew Bean, signing off. This has been a Developer Life production. <laughs>